0: On this episode of Shoes Views, you'll get to see my take on the Brooklyn Nets, the Lakers, March Madness, and so much more. Good afternoon, everyone. I hope everyone is having a blessed start to the week, and welcome to the third episode of Shoes Views. I'm back at my home in Gilbert, Arizona, ready to bring you some new views of the NBA. I'm your host, Zach shoes shoemaker and later on the show one of my favorite coaches and closest friends Kamar Price will be joining me but before that let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. The first view of the day is the Brooklyn Nets and I just want to give a big thank you and shout out to Ashton Hardaway for finally being the first person to allow me to talk about my Brooklyn Nets. Y'all know this is my favorite team and they've been catching everyone by surprise. I just want to tell y'all this is why so let's start right into this. This past weekend, Brooklyn Nets were on a little bit of a losing streak, and they came in playing at Sacramento. Entering the fourth quarter, they were down by 25 points. That's pretty much just saying the game is over. That being said, we came back, for those that know, having the biggest comeback in franchise history, down by 28 points in the second half, to defeat the Sacramento Kings 123-121. to D'Angelo Russell scored 27 points out of his 44 in the fourth quarter. That is the fourth most points in a single quarter this season in NBA. Also, that being said, Rondé Hollis Jefferson came into the game and hit a game-winning layup over Marvin Bagley III to give us the win. We scored Sacramento. We outscored Sacramento 45 to 18. And this is one of the big stats. This is the craziest one. Teams trailing by 25 points or more entering the fourth quarter were three. They only won three games with a losing record of 3,028 games. The Brooklyn Nets just did it, folks. These Brooklyn Nets just did it. The Brooklyn Nets are now only a half game in front of the Detroit Pistons for the sixth seed in the NBA playoffs. They have a record of 38-36. That is a sixth seed. There's eight games remaining this season. And we have a sixth seed right now. That means we're basically going to be in the playoffs. This team is special. Before anything, I want to get into this. Y'all see the Brooklyn Nets now as a playoff team. As a high destination point for all elite free agents this summer. Last year, at the beginning of this year, y'all didn't know who they were. I can promise you that. There's a trade that everyone does know, though. Y'all know that Boston Celtics team... Tatum, Brown, Kyrie, all those guys came from our picks that Billy King traded off and that trade for Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, and Kevin Garnett, declining stars. We had zero picks. We had a couple swaps, but that was for sellers' picks that were already in the playoffs. That being said, there was a duo. Sean Marks came in from the San Antonio Spurs organization, came in, came in wanting a challenge, as Welsh had in his interview this past week with the Brooklyn Nets. So that was spectacular. But Sean Marks came in, he hired a guy that's been a long time in the assistant, Kenny Atkinson, serving under Coach Bud in Atlanta. These two came together and formed a thing. And as Sean Marks said this past week, that he wanted to form a family and wanted to get together guys that had good chemistry and wanted to play together because they knew that there was going to be losing involved. That being said, let me break this down to you. Since Sean Marks has come in, these are the ma- major moves. This has been a lot of little moves and all, but these are the biggest moves to give us our young core. He started off trading Mason Plumlee for the 23rd overall pick in the town 15, which ended up becoming Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. John Marks then his first move came in he dealt Thaddeus Young for the 20th pick, sending Thaddeus Young to Indiana for Karis LeVert, one of our cornerstones, if not our very best player. They flipped Boyan Bogdanovich for the 22nd pick in 2017. Chris McClure was also sent over to Washington in that trade. And that pick turned out to be Jarrett Allen. We then moved Brooke Lopez in the twenty-seventh pick in the two thousand seventeen draft, which was Kyle Kuzma to the LA Lakers, in exchange for D'Angelo Russell, who was just two years removed from being the number two overall pick, and Timothy Mozgov. We'll look over that trade a little bit later, Kamar Price. But then he then took on DeMar Carroll's contract, which he was a very good player for Coach Atkinson in Atlanta and that got great young core. That was a very multiple to- sixty-one playoff team. But he was very injury riddled, and banged up. But we got a 2018 first-round pick and a second-round pick, along with DeMar Carroll. And when was, that first-round pick turned out to be Jonathan Musa, which though y'all may not all know him, but I like the kid. He's been killing it in the G, G League this season. He's very, very young. And Rodion's Cruz, which all y'all know now as a starter for our Brooklyn Nets. We traded all that for Justin Hamilton, a player that is no longer in the league. He was—he didn't play a single game for Toronto. He was way a couple days later. The next move that Sean Marks made was he picked up another first round pick, which would be this year's Denver Nuggets second-round or first round pick, all for Kenneth Farid's contract, which we later have not bought out. He also got out of this by trading for Dwight Howard by only a second round pick and then buying him out. And best of all, you can see that the family and the chemistry that's been created now in Brooklyn, as Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris have both re-signed two players, two very crucial players, that I'm in love with and all Brooklyn Nets fans are in love with. Dimwitty, obviously the skills champion last year, a most improved candidate, a six man of the year candidate this year, and possibly once again most improved. Joe Harris won the three point contest this year as he put on a show in all star weekend and is shooting the NBA League leading three point percentage this season. That's what Sean Marks did. That's not an account for all the signings and other minor moves he made. And guys like Travion, getting guys like Ed Davis, Shabazz, Napier. That is spectacular. And it's a quote that I like to say a lot of the time. In my opinion, besides the top picks in the draft, which very rarely, a number one pick is busted, a pick is only as good as this drafter. You hear a lot of times with Houston, for example, with Daryl Moore, which is an amazing general manager, come out and say, our first-round pick might be late 20s, but that pick is very crucial to Houston, and it'll affect Houston more than it'll affect the team that gets that pick because... They know how to draft players later. That is what Sean Marks does. That is what made San Antonio's system and what made their longevity go on and on and on and continue to go on because they draft guys like Jontay Murray with their 29th, 30th pick. They get guys like Derek White. They get guys like Kawhi outside of the lottery. They get guys like Danny Green undrafted. They make moves. That is what greatness is defined by a general manager. Sean Marks is also freed up to two max spots, as we know. DeAndre will most likely get one of them, but Alan Crabb will then create another one. Doesn't mean I don't want on crap stand I'm just saying. That is what the numbers say. Also, Kenny Atkinson has developed at an amazing level. Kenny Atkinson was one of the first coaches hired that was known as a developmental coach. Okay? That is not very popular at the time. They thought that was an assistant coach job. Well, Kenny Atkinson came in and that's what made our team great. Look at these things. D'Angelo Russell, y'all thought, was a bust. Wasn't doing much. Last year, he showed signs at the beginning of the year. dealt injuries. injuries. So what? This season, he's an all-star leading a team to the playoffs. And if he can put on a show and an elite scoring player. Spencer Dinwiddie, traded two times by the Detroit Pistons, Chicago Bulls, then waived him. Wasn't the G League bouncing around with the win- Chicago Windy Bulls. Sean Marks decided to sign him. Look what he's become. One of the best, if not the best elite. Probably no, He is the greatest backup point guard in the NBA. He's a starting caliber. He's better than a lot of starting point guards in the NBA. Jarrett Allen has made bigger and bigger jumps each of these year. Joe Harris, Cleveland Cavaliers, played very few minutes, traded to Orlando on waves that day. He was a free agent. Sean Marks signed him. He's a starter and three point champion, beating Steph Curry, leading the NBA in three point percentage. Karis LeVert had many an- ankle injuries and feet injuries back when he was in college, Michigan. Came to the NBA. He still had some, obviously, but another gruesome injury, but he's still getting back. He's getting stronger and stronger, and he was going to win most improved this year and was an all star and the best player on this team. He's very well still could be the best player in this team, and we'll see. That is what Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson have developed this season. He's developed and found great players, and this is why this dynasty, this will become a very strong team for very, very, very long. It's a San Antonio way, which is the perfection way, the Patriots way. These are the perfection ways of building franchises. And I believe that's what we did. You stay patient to the plan. I understand we have max spots. D'Angelo's going to be on the show. Kevin Durant. Karis LeVert and Coach Atkinson have talked about it. These Brooklyn Nets have the potential of getting Kevin Durant, one of the greatest, not the greatest, player in the game right now. That's where we are right now. I don't hear our to it in them. I don't hear New York. There's rumors, but that's not true. We have a legitimate chance of signing Kevin Durant or two or three, whatever it is, max players. D'Angelo Russell is a max player, and we will re-sign him. I can promise you that. There's no way around that. We better re-sign D'Angelo Russell and Lovert, your max your contracts coming this summer too. I want you getting extended, Jared Allen, Rodion's, all y'all getting your contracts extended when they come. That being said, we are an elite destination because of the top down of the organization that's created this longevity and this great chemistry. No matter how much losing there was, there was always chemistry. The injuries, there is chemistry. Always come together. They hang out together. Y'all see Alan Crabb? He came back to home, California to his school that he helped pay for this last summer. Every last player was on that game, including the coaching staff. That is chemistry. I'm gonna get into that a little bit more as I talk about this, but I'm gonna go down. All sixteen players in this roster, and I'm including those two way players, Theo and Al Williams. I'm talking about y'all too, because they are crucial to this team. Every last person on this team is why we win games. Jared Dudley, all of you guys. Understood? I mean, what they've done right now is very, very, very special for this team. So let's get into this. The first person I'm going to talk about right now is D'Angelo Russell. Obviously, he's the all-star leading this team. I'm not going to lie, D'Angelo, in the beginning of the season, there are times that Brooklyn Nets fans, including myself, would get irritated. You could see that the lead wasn't always there, or it was there, but he wouldn't have consistency and he wouldn't it. lead it. I know Jared Dudley and some other veterans talked into him and the rest of the young guys right when we had that eight-game losing streak, when we got blown those leads, and you see D'Angelo Russell is a leader. He's more than a leader. He might not be in the game sometimes at the end of the games. He's okay, and he's cheering on his teammates still in celebrations. He has never stopped talking. That is a dream leader that so many organizations die for out of their franchise player. D'Angelo has more than earned my respect on and off the court. Like, I heard a quote. Back when Tyler Matthew was drafted, there was a quote, and I heard about it. And this is it. There's a difference between young players making dumb mistakes. Young people can make dumb mistakes. If it's a dumb mistake, teams can live with it. As long as it's not character. And folks, I think D'Angelo Russell has shown that his mistake was in fact a dumb young mistake. It is not about character. Look at him. He is special. Next up in the starting lineup, we're going with Joe Harris. Probably the most down-to-earth, humble man As he talks about. He walks around Brooklyn and there's New York streets. He walks to every practice. Doesn't have to notice him. If you look at the man, he does not look like an NBA player. Not the tallest, not the strongest, not the most fit, not the most athletic. It's an average-looking man. He shows up and balls every night. Averaging a career high about to be over a 1,000 points. The league-leading three-point shooter. Joe Harris has worked his butt off and is humble. He is key. Doesn't get startled, doesn't get angered, nothing. And his finishing is amongst the best in the NBA at the rim. He may not be flashing the way he does it, but he finishes every shot at the rim. Next up in the starting lineup, I'm gonna talk about Rodion's crew groups. A lot of issues over there overseas, did not get an opportunity, was playing the down team, didn't get many minutes because of all the contract issues. I don't care, he came over, he slid. He was gonna be a first round pick a couple years ago. Sean Marks knew about him. Look what Sean Marks has done with him and Kenny Atkinson this crew. He's a starter. He's an energy plug. He's a young guy. And yes, that basic one-hand dunk does get a little boring sometimes, but Rodion will get that down. He's going to get some other dunks added on to this game. But he is the energy plug and the reason we win games. He connects and When he's in the game, you can see the energy pick up. Karis LeVert. I love Karis. I remember the very first time when you couldn't play the beginning of your rookie season. You came and played in Phoenix... And I have a Brooklyn ball that I get signed by every time I meet Brooklyn players at Brooklyn games and at the Suns games, I get an autograph. LaVert was the very first autograph I got. And I wanted that one very badly. Karis is the most humble, down-to-earth, fun person you can meet. He always has a smile on his face, and he works his butt off every time. And that injury, I don't want to hand your kids. Yes, he might go score some games. Yes, he's not playing the way he was before. But his moves are there every time. His heart is there every time. And yes, you can tell. Maybe there's times he gets a little frightened or rethinks about jumping. But how do you blame him? He wasn't supposed to play this year. That he's back and he's playing. And he's going to be key to our playoff run. He's a key piece to our championship and our core team for the future. Lavert, keep playing. You are special. Jarrett Allen, who doesn't love the throw, he said something when he was interviewed during All-Star Weekend after the Rising Stars game, and he said, the reason he jumps at every single dunk is that either way, he'll get on Sports Center. He does not care. He will jump at everything. How many players are going to go jump with LeBron James? It's only been blocked nine times in NBA in his entire career. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Blake Griffin, he blocked the best of the best. There's no denying what Jared Allen does, and I love him. He's the most perfect modern-day center for these Brooklyn Nets, and it's a blessing having him on this Nets team. The Afro, the Fro, everyone fears the Fro. Yes, he's he's still only 21, 20 years old. He is young and developing. And when he gets his potential and learns how to continue to play at a high level that he does, oh, watch out. Y'all see that game in Houston when he had a 20-20 game? Y'all see when he had five or more blocks a game? You see the double-doubles he can get in the first quarter? That's going to come out soon. He's going to become one of the top five, three, even maybe the best young son in the NBA. Trust me. He is special, and he is Rudy Gobert with more athleticism. First off the bench, of course, is Spencer Dinwiddie. He is probably one of my favorite players on the team as well. I love all my Brooklyn Nets, but Dimwitty has an energy and a swag to him that I love. His shoes, every game he has new shoes. He doesn't have to go with the big brains. That's the way his career has been defined. You don't need to go to the biggest college. You don't need to go to the biggest team. You don't need the biggest opportunity. You need to keep working, and that is what he's done. He has his own shoe. has different inspirations for every single game, but his key clutch atmosphere and his just swagger is what keeps him elite summer league, I got to meet Spencer Dinwiddie. He wasn't sending courtside; he was sitting just in the stands with the other fans. And that's when I got to meet him. He is one of the coolest guys, and he truly is one of the biggest reasons for Brooklyn's success off the bench. Lou Williams might have him this year on the 6 man because he's put up historic 20 points per game, but Dinwiddie also had a big chunk of to missed with that injury. Dinwiddie is one of the most crucial parts of this Brooklyn Nets team. Alan Crabb, his record was just broken by DeAndre loves, 203s, but he keeps shooting. A lot of injury issues, but I love Alan Crabb. When he gets hot, he gets hot. He also is very involved in the community. Next up, Damari Carroll. Swag daddy. <laughs> Damari Carroll might just be one of my favorite players. And I appreciate if Damari Carroll hears this. He did retweet and respond to my tweet a couple weeks ago about this. Damari Carroll was a starter for almost an entire career now, ever since Atlanta. He came on, accepted a bench run, as he said, I'm just doing my job. Thank you, Demarco Carroll. That's why we win games. You start, you might come off the bench, but he brings the energy, that three and D, that heart and that hustle, and he never has a bad attitude. How often do you care players want well out of Brooklyn right now? None and you never will. He is involved with his team, he cares about winning, and that's it. And I appreciate you, DeMar Carroll. You put your heart and soul into everything you do. And that's and your swag is the best in the other league, don't get me wrong. Jared Dudley, I'm Phoenix. I love Dudley. People made fun of him saying he's he's not a good player. And I see him on Twitter all the time. He's not a good player. Why is he in the league? He's too fat. He's too all this. I don't hear anything about his leadership. His leadership is what caused the season to change around. He hits those threes. Anyone want to see the top of those three? That three hit in Sacramento to the game? That's what he did. He hits clutch shots. He's a veteran among veterans. And I've, he will be a very good coach in this league after he's done playing. I love Jared Dudley. And Ed Davis. He may not get a lot of minutes. But he is now second all-time in bench rebounds off the bench. He brings his heart, his soul, and his hustle every game. He might look like he's strong and big, but he gets every rebound. He doesn't miss opportunities, and he puts his heart and soul into it. And I love Ed Davis. Ed Davis better be a Brooklyn Net for a very long time. I love Ed Davis. His offensive continues, gets better too. But that is a key piece to our team. Now I want to hit up Shabazz Napier. When he gets the opportunity to shine, he shines. And I love Shabazz will have a chance to be a sixth man or a starter of his own team, just like DJ Augustine has in Orlando at some point in his career. He'll be in the league for a very long time still. And he's fine. He keeps following and playing. And I hope tonight he's on a show against his old team Portland if he gets the opportunity. Travion Graham will continue to develop. He shot forty six percent, I believe, back in Charlotte last season. He has struggled this year, but he had lots of injuries. He has started a lot of games for us. I love Travion Graham. And he will becoming a very good 3 and D player for our future he's only 23. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, this kid is special to me. Yes, this team is now sponsoring Landon, my brother's team, Landon. But Rondé, I've met you many times now. You also have signed my Brooklyn ball, And you signed my jersey at the Summer League. I've seen you since U of A. But this is something special I want to talk to everyone about. With Rondé Hollis Jefferson... He hasn't played in many games. He was the cornerstone of a team a couple year, a year ago. He lost his spot due to injuries. A very hard season for him. I hope he remains with the Nets, but I don't know. I want the very best for Rondé. RHJ did not play many games. Coach Atkinson put him in as a spark plug in the fourth quarter, which caused our comeback. He's the one that scored in the beginning of it. He's the one that had the game in there, which was the most desirable thing. That being said, I am tired of seeing kids at high school, college, pro level, complain and complain about not getting minutes. He didn't play. He wasn't playing for a very long time. He comes in and shows the world why he can still play as an NBA athlete. He grinds on his own. He gets healthy. He comes prepared every time. He does not slouch and complain. His energy, he's always dancing at the games. I love those Brooklyn Nets celebrations. Rondé is a true piece to this Brooklyn Nets team, and he will be forever remembered as a great net. Next up, I do want to talk about our other pick, John and Musa. Yeah, i haven't to see a lot. He's been hurt some of the season. He's very young. He'll be ready. He's been killing in the summer in the G League, averaging almost 20 points a game, 9-8, I believe. He will be good. His confidence and swagger is very high. Allen Williams continues to come in. He gets rebounds and scores. I love him. I hope we sign him back to the end of the season. Theo Pinson will probably get the role, which I am very happy with, and I think he does deserve it. I hope Allen Williams joins us next team at some point, if it's not on another two-way this year. He's been dominating the G League as well. All-Stars. Theo Pinson, I'm saving him for last because he is the greatest bench celebrator ever. Y'all remember Kent Bazemore? He didn't play a lot on that Golden State team, but he got famous off his de- dancing, and look what he is now, a very well-established NBA veteran and player. Theo Pinson will be in this league a very long time. Not only does he celebrate, but he balls when he goes in and he has the opportunity to. I mentioned in the summer league, also Theo, when you're talking with Coach Self and Devontae Graham, and we actually got to talk. And that was actually awesome. Theo Pinson has a happiness and swagger and dance about him that keeps the energy live in that locker room. He'll be key for our postseason. Theo, I just want to thank you. You and this entire Brooklyn Nets staff is elite. And this, my folks, everyone, this is why Brooklyn Nets are special. They are fun to watch. They're electric. And once they get better and better in the playoffs, New York City, Brooklyn will be a firehouse. This place will be energized, and everyone will want to watch them. I believe they can pull off an upset in the playoffs in the first round. Trust me. Watch me. Watch them in April. It's about to get real in the NBA. Brooklyn Nets are back. Y'all think y'all heard it all about the LA Lakers? Well, you haven't. Stay tuned to hear my take, along with a diehard LA Laker fan from LA. Kamar Price has to say about these LA Lakers and their future. I'm joined here now by not only one of my favorite coaches, but a great friend, Kamar Price. How are you doing?
1: I'm amazing. Zach, how you living today?
0: Uh, pretty good. Well, Brian Spencer proposed proposed idea to talk about the Lakers and especially Lonzo Ball. And I figured who else better to talk about the Lakers than a diehard big baller fan fan and a Laker fan from California. With that being said, what's your take on Lonzo and his future as a player and his future playing with a different team or the Lakers?
1: Oh, man. I think uh, Lonzo has the potential to be an all-star caliber player, Mm -hmm. but I think his style of game, he needs to play with a lot of good scorers around him. Like, if he's the guy who has the ball in his hands and just can facilitate for others and play defense then he'll look a lot better than he did last year and this year obviously but you know he's young he's going to take some time to mature and physically develop but i hope they keep him
0: mm-hmm. yeah i mean definitely i think lonzo is definitely a star player and like i said before when we were talking i see him almost as a better version of a better athlete and shooter than a rondo prior to injuries and that obviously was an all-star level player and, I mean, just seeing what Lonzo can do when he is 100% healthy, not with all these ankle issues, he clearly turns up to a whole nother level. And, I mean, obviously the Lakers should keep them, especially seeing the way that a lot of the former players have panned out. And I mean, with a lot of young players, besides some of, like, the generational kind of players, they do take a few years, especially coming in as teenagers, learning how to play. So, I mean, especially if you give him time, I mean, he could be coming special, Still, so one of the best young guards in the NBA for sure.
1: Most definitely. I mean, I think uh, the way the game has changed, like you compare him to Rondo, mm-hmm. I think this generation, it's such an emphasis on three-point shooting as opposed to Rondo's early years in Boston mm-hmm. to where, you know, you really didn't have to be able to shoot the three. Like Lonzo will have to change the jumper, develop mm-hmm. a – probably shoot around – if he can shoot 33 34% from three yeah. – I think he'll be fine, and I mean he did it in college, so for sure it's there. He just has to keep working on it, get the confidence. But I think uh, that that'll take his game to a whole another level. Obviously, when he gets that down,
0: yeah, I mean, just seeing what Russell Westbrook's done. I mean, he's not even a high three point percentage shooter whatsoever, but he's still going to be a first ball Hall of Famer with an MVP and one of the greatest players to do it in this generation for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's different ways to play the game. Not everybody's mm-hmm. going to be Steph or Dame or even mm-hmm. Trey Young, somebody like that. But, yeah. you know, I think uh, there's definitely a spot for Lonzo in this league and mm-hmm. in the right system with the right players around him, right coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he can, he can be special. So, hopefully the Lakers keep him, but who knows the, the decisions we've been making lately. <laughs> yeah. What is there a team
0: you specifically would like to see Lonzo on as a roster is built right now on any other team besides Lakers?
1: Um, hmm. Let me see. If not the Lakers. See, you got to understand. I'm a Lakers fan. I'm a huge UCLA fan. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I need them with the Lakers. But if not them, somebody like boston Mm -hmm. i think would would fit him for sure um i would say philly but they kind of have ben simmons in the same role i guess i Mm -hmm. mean he's no ben simmons but yeah you can kind of see how he plays without shooting jumpers he shoots better than simmons he will shoot the ball so yeah i mean something like that but hopefully the lakers can just bring in couple more talented guys, and we got that out west.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I definitely could see Phoenix also as an option just because of the fact that Booker and DeAndre and with Ubrey and whoever else they draft, I mean, with someone like Booker that could just let Lonzo do his work going downhill and have Booker to stand out there ready catch and shoot, almost like that Clay Thompson at Golden State has, and then having someone like DeAndre, which is going to be just a monster for a long time in the league. I mean, I think he could be special with them
1: as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think uh, just watching Booker the past couple of years and then watching him this year without a point guard, mm-hmm. if you give him a point guard and Aiton as well, you give him a point guard that he can run pick and rolls with, catch lobs from, mm-hmm. and you can't collapse the defense uh, to help on the roller because you have Booker out there, you have Ubre mm-hmm. on the other side, like you said, I mean, that would make the Suns significantly better. Oh, yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, being here in Phoenix, I'm not a Suns fan, but Mm -hmm. having a better product to go watch (laughs) would definitely be a a welcome thing.
0: Or at least something more fun than (laughs) maintaining.
1: Yeah, every Suns game I go to, they're down 30 at halftime. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So now let's start with the next topic. So. What's your take on, obviously, losing D'Angelo, Randall, watching Brooke Lopez, even Zubach? Just a lot of these different Lakers go to different teams now and play a
1: whole other level. Uh, I mean, it's hard because at first I support it because I'm like, all right, I see the direction they're going in. They're sticking to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, letting the D'Angelo Russell go, even though he is a talented young player, you know, we had to get out of uh, the Mozgov contract, so you mm-hmm. kind of had to let Russell go. Locker room issues, stuff like that as well. So that one, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Randall, mm-hmm. I wanted to keep Randall, but mm-hmm. at the same time, sticking with the game plan, uh, we're going to get LeBron and two other guys in here. So, okay, you let Randall walk. I get it brooke lopez kind of same thing you know i don't think brooke lopez was that much of a game changer unless you're adding him to a team that's almost ready to win and he's just like a final piece you're adding mm-hmm. but with the zubats trade i just i don't understand it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have a, a young skilled big who produced every time you gave him an opportunity this year mm-hmm. and at a very high level he's our best free throw shooter he's constant double doubles he uh you know mm-hmm. i don't get why you trade that away for muscala yeah yeah
0: i mean I muscala mean, hasn't really played this year and i mean whenever he, i mean it was only a couple of games after the trade go that they already started saying well we're we'll probably not gonna make the playoffs anyway so I mean, it really made no exactly. sense getting rid of them. And, I mean, having Z- someone like Zubac for – once again, Muscala just isn't – I mean, Muscala's an unrestricted free agent, so he could walk easily. And I don't think they're going to resign him anyway. Zubac, at least, was restricted. So, if plans happen or if he doesn't get another bigger contract, you could easily resign him. I mean
1: – Yeah, I think uh, it's it's all the LeBron effect, you know. Mm-hmm. It's uh, He's not – in a point in his career where he can necessarily stand to be patient and trust things are going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you, they tried to come out and make some moves, you know, to appease him after the Anthony Davis trade wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, you got to realize <laughs> LeBron is, he has to be on the decline right now. It kind of shows. Mm-hmm. And in two years, you know, Zubac could have been a very good center for you. You know, mm-hmm. Young, he fits the age of Ingram and Kuzma and Lonzo mm-hmm. and all those guys. So, I mean, you have – you really have a starting five with them and Hart. Mm-hmm. I mean, up for, you know, three years from now. But I, don't
0: know. I mean, even yeah. Zubac could have been what Mozgov was for the beginning of that Cleveland run or what Farajal and Bogut was for Golden State. I mean – yeah, easily. Just that guy doesn't make too many mistakes. I mean and yeah, once again touching up with D'Angelo and Randall. I mean, Randall was I want him to definitely go to Brooklyn and I hope he does this summer. I mean <laughs> he's I like that. I mean he's a double level machine that clearly can play another level when you give him an opportunity. I mean, and once again the D'Angelo one, I think it you gotta give young guys to mature, but at the time it made sense, especially. I mean, you never know what they're gonna be and you had to get rid of Mozgov. And I was not turn the page you know and I mean. And if JaVale McGee wasn't playing at the way that he did this year, I think that Brooke Lopez would have made a lot – look a lot worse this year, especially since Lopez was cheaper. Or not as cheap as McGee, but was cheap overall as a player. But at least McGee panned out.
1: Yeah, I mean, McGee started off, you know, setting mm-hmm. the league on fire. I was fooled into thinking, hey, maybe he will be a borderline all-star this year. And then he kind of fizzled and came back down to earth. But – uh I mean, looking at the way the roster is now the fact that we can't hit a three to save our lives, that's what makes me look at Brooke Lopez like, oh, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> I miss him. Even yeah. though I hate watching centers just stand out there and <laughs> right for the threes and get four rebounds a game, mm-hmm. but yeah, I miss him some games. Yeah, I mean, I
0: think he definitely definitely with a guy like Lonzo and again. just like Giannis does not shoot the three at a high level. Lopez fits perfectly, so you can get those guys going downhill and scoring. I mean, that's – Brooke Lopez fits perfect in Milwaukee. I mean, I don't think there's a better place he could have went for right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a perfect fit, right time. Uh, Giannis is <laughs> – Giannis gets a consistent jump shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> He's like a – a wing shack almost. <laughs> it's just crazy to watch him.
0: Uh, I mean, he's just a longer and more athletic, almost like LeBron then. I mean, he just takes yeah. outside the paint somehow, and I, I don't know what the heck to do. Yeah, I mean.
1: Just, there's no blocking him. He's going to reach over you and dunk everything. Uh, I mean, it's the closest we're ever going to see to
0: the MJ Space Jam moment, but.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but All right, so the next topic then, this offseason. season. What re- What's the realistic offseason pieces you'd like to see come to the Lakers?
1: Oh, man. So, I hope we don't mortgage the future mm-hmm. for, you know, LeBron to have one chance at it. I mm-hmm. think he's further away from winning a championship than people think. So, I don't think uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron wins the championship mm-hmm. anytime soon. You know, I don't think they beat Boston in the East. Uh, I, if if KD stays with the Warriors, I mean, you might as mm-hmm. well just wait it out for four more years. You know, as they're mm-hmm. not going to lose anything. Mm-hmm. Um, who I would like to see them get. I mean, I'll take a, if Clay wants to leave. Obviously, mm-hmm. I want him. But more realistically, I think uh, Mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler is probably going to end up being our best available option that will come to us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jimmy's a good two-way player. He can shoot it. He brings some toughness. He's definitely a hard worker, you know, coming from his early years being in Chicago under Thibodeau. He knows, you know, everyday practice is hard. Every game I'm going out giving my all. So I think that is something that will help the young guys around him, you know, because mm-hmm. they'll have to raise their game then mm-hmm. to kind of match that. And then LeBron can kind of be more of the, you know, elder statesman in the locker room and kind of take it easy sometimes because everybody else is, you know, carrying the heavy lifting for him and he mm-hmm. can kind of close for us. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're – uh you know, I don't think we're in championship contention for the next sure. three or so years, like, while LeBron is here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely, I think, I mean, obviously the draft is going to come in key as that. They're trading up a little bit. If they're going to keep the pick. I mean, that really is up to wherever they think fits the team and who's available at what spot, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. you never know. I mean, if the top guys that you, if you're looking at keeping Lonzo and you keep Ingram and Kuzma, you're clearly looking for a shooter or something like that. I mean, you're gonna have to see position-wise where it looks in the draft, where the who gets what picks. But in terms of free agency, I mean, I think Clay would probably obviously be the best person. He's not only a sh- shooter and all, but he can do so much more. I think that would fit LeBron perfectly. I mean, he's Ky- or Kyle Korver Cor- on steroids. I mean, yeah, he'd fit him perfectly. <laughs> I mean, that would be LeBron's dream person. But I definitely his Jimmy-
1: defense. Oh yeah, the rest of our players outside the zone. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I think. I think someone like Jimmy Butler would fit perfectly as well. I mean, I th- i mean, I like the way Philadelphia is kind of built right now, but I don't think Butler will stay. I think Tobias is taking his spot for sure as a third guy. I mean, Tobias has changed – he's an amazing player. I love Tobias, but I just think that Jimmy Butler, all the stuff in the beginning, being with Chicago and Minnesota and him affecting the young guys, I just think, in my opinion, is that out in Chicago originally with some of those guys they had, I mean, they weren't necessarily – strong character. That's why most of those guys still aren't even on the Chicago Bulls. And then with Minnesota, I love Wiggins, but I know he's not going to, he's a softer kind of player. He's a more lighthearted player, same with Towns. I mean, they're not that grinding, hardcore kind of player that Jimmy Butler's like. I mean, that's why in Philadelphia, you don't hear anything about Ben Simmons or Embiid or any of those guys complaining. I mean, it's business and that's what they want to do. And I feel the same thing with Ingram, Kuzma, and Lonzo. I mean... They're gonna have that wanna work hard kinda attitude. So I think he fit them perfectly.
1: Yeah, like when I watch Jimmy Butler's career, like I feel kind of bad for him because Mm -hmm. he's a guy who wasn't heralded coming out of high school, whatever. Or college. really. Yeah, Coach Juco ends up at Marquette. Mm -hmm. Ends up playing very well there. Nobody really gives him a shot to be anything in the league, goes there playing second fiddle or fourth fiddle behind Rose, Noah, Tosh Gibson, all those got like Lou dang yeah Al yeah, dang all those and he's just, you know, worked his way to a serviceable NBA player then a starter then a good starter. Then he goes to Minnesota and you know, he has Towns and Wiggins there. It's hard to convince somebody who's worked that hard and who has that talent to kind of accept taking a back seat to mm-hmm. those two guys who are talented, yes, especially Towns, but mm-hmm. hasn't won anything, doesn't For appear sure. to be yeah. a forceful player. Like when they played Houston in the playoffs, <laughs> when Minnesota played them, yeah, you know, he turned fast. into a, a jump shooter, you know, mm-hmm. a seven-foot jump shooter. For sure. And I think having – Him in Philly now, you know, he's – he wants to fit in. Like, if you watch him play, if you watch Philly, Mm -hmm. he looks like he's wanting to fit in, wanting to be, you know, be a team player and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, once again, it's hard to look at a Ben Simmons and you're like, man, like, you're very talented, you're very good, you're special, Mm -hmm. but you refuse to shoot a jump shot. Mm -hmm. So, late in the games, you know, we can't go to you. Yeah. You look at Embiid, you know, I think he he meshes better with Embiid. Embiid is mm. a little more competitive, a little more of a, Energy, you know, I like want him. the ball. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. like So I think looking at him for the Lakers potentially, having LeBron there would be something that, you know, would help him a lot because it's finally a player outside of, early Derrick Rose that he played with that he knows he's second fiddle to talent wise. Mm-hmm. So he can kind of settle into that role. And when Derrick Rose is healthy, no problems from Jimmy Butler, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's okay with being number two. If you're that guy, you know? he just wants to win. That's the best yeah. part about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll help him, but we, uh, biggest off season acquisition needs to be whoever we bring in as coach next. For sure. I mean, that's what we can go
0: into next. I mean, what coach do you think would perfectly fit that LA system?
1: Um, I look at a Mark Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, partially because I want to see him get another chance to coach, yeah. but partially because he took young players in Golden State and helped develop them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only knock on him is he really didn't utilize Draymond properly which is mm-hmm. what ultimately helped that team back but it was also kind of Stephen Clay came into their own around his last season so it was a timing thing too but I think he can help the young guys but I think he's somebody LeBron respects mm-hmm. and I mean it has to be very hard to coach LeBron because oh yeah <laughs> it just seems like you know he doesn't I'm not going to say he doesn't want to be coached like the report said, but it just mm-hmm. seems like he just – he knows basketball so well that he just wants to do it his way, and he's had success like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Who yeah. would you think would
0: be a better fit? I mean, obviously, I think my thing, my dream has always been I want to see LeBron with a, an elite coach. So, of course, I mean, it's not going to happen, but originally last offseason, I always thought it would be amazing to see what Coach Pop could have done with LeBron –
1: Oh, but
0: man. I mean, that was all. I mean, he would extend LeBron's career forever. I mean, that was that's always been my dream to see a superstar like LeBron or KD or something like that play with a truly one of the greatest coaches ever. Just like Kobe got a chance to play with Phil Jackson back in his time, same with MJ. I mean, those kind of coaches mesh with those kind of players. It's just you see what the results are championships. But I mean, clearly Pop's not going to come to L.A., but. I think, honestly, someone like Doc, if they could try pulling him away, I know there's some rumors, or, they said that there's an extension that happened or whatever, but I mean, if you truly do entice them saying, we've got LeBron James, and you're coming to the Lakers, the main team in LA, I mean, i would be hard to kind of pass it up, but the other option, I think, is that with Coach Bolstra, I think that Miami, the fact that Dwyane Wade is now going to be gone and Haslem's going to be gone, he doesn't really have a connection with those guys, and Miami's going to start I mean, they're gonna to have to rebut at some point. They just have stayed since the since the big three era. They've kind of just stayed in the middle end of the pack of playoffs, first round elimination for the last three or four years. I think it's gonna be time Pat Riley is gonna either retire or say, let's just shake up shape up this whole entire thing, just like they did with Atlanta with Coach Bud. I mean, there might be potential to see LeBron's greatest days with Coach Spoelstra come back in LA if they truly do and try enticing him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh... If Pat Riley retires, I think Spolster may consider leaving, but as long Mm -hmm. as he's there, I think he's, uh, you know, that's kind of his project, Spolster, you know, brought him up from video coordinator ranks. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I just hope that we get a guy in there who is confident in what he's doing, Mm -hmm. um, can work with LeBron. I don't think anybody's going to, Necessarily control LeBron unless oh, no. it's a Popovich or Coach mm-hmm. K, which are, it's amazing if we get one of those guys, but I'm not yeah. banking on it. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I mean, I hope we get a coach that can be there for the next 10 years or so. Yeah. Because this is not, this last stretch has not been, you know, what I've known as a Lakers fan. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that's thing. I think Luke Walton will have a job someday down the line again. He's still young. I just don't think that – he. I think he got hired way too early. I think it was just that it's a new rising team. Let's hire all their assistant coaches. Like, it always happens when a new team rises up in all sports. I mean, you saw Gentry, and then you saw Luke Walton go. I mean, it's just something that you just – people just try getting so early. But I think Walton has shown some lot signs, but it's not a big market team like the Lakers, which are the biggest market, coaching a championship possible team with LeBron James. I mean, that's just not a way to start your kind of career, really. I mean – yeah.
1: I think uh I think Luke he knows the game, obviously. You know, he mm-hmm. played. He even has like the coach's voice, you know, if you were to make yeah. a coach's <laughs> <a laughs> voice in a in a lab, you'd make his voice. But mm-hmm. I think uh I think he should go coach at U of A. Yeah and mm-hmm. kinda get the uh he doesn't seem like he can really control, you know, grown men yet. Mm-hmm, I think sure. he gets that college experience under his belt for you know five or so years. he might love it and be the next Lou Olson down there and stay mm-hmm. forever. But mm-hmm. I think that's a good situation for him get to coach high level players, but actually be in control because mm-hmm. a lot of times this year, I know it's LeBron, so I kind of give him an excuse, but even looking last year, yeah you know he doesn't he didn't seem like he was in control of that team ever for sure. I mean, that's why
0: also I – I mean, you just got to think. I mean, Luke Walton was drafted with LeBron's class. I and mean, it'd be like <laughs> someone – I mean, it'd be like someone I'm playing with all of a sudden is now coaching. And you have to listen to a guy that obviously wasn't even near accomplished to LeBron. I mean, he, he's an NBA player. Yeah. He's great. But, I mean, he obviously never was anywhere near an all-star level LeBron, nothing like that. So it's a guy that you got drafted with it's your same age. All of a sudden, you have to listen to and or take orders from. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's not something any – grown man, alpha man, whatever, consider doing. I mean, it just doesn't sound like something LeBron or any player would do. I mean.
1: <laughs> Definitely not.
0: I mean, not even a superstar. It's just you don't respect people your age usually as a commanding order over you. It's very hard to do that, which is why Rams somehow did it. But it's very rare for that to happen. I
1: mean. Yeah. But. I mean, it's a – I don't know. It's a, it's a big offseason for us. For and... sure. I mean, I think somehow, some way, I don't know what the job is, even if it's an official job title, we got to bring Kobe into the fold because
0: Mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to say.
1: Magic and Rob Palinka seem like they're too concerned about pleasing people around them. They want to be liked and all that. Mm -hmm. And I think Kobe will bring that hammer to where like he'll tell LeBron just you know oh, yeah. respectfully of course as peers mm-hmm. as people who respect each other but hey this is the standard this organization is held to and they held me to they held Magic to they're gonna hold you to you know you need to do this that and the third and Magic seems kind of more of a yeah you know we brought him in and I want to make him happy and make him feel comfortable and I think they need that balance from a Kobe. Mm -hmm. That's
0: what I think. I mean, Magic has always had that Shaq kind of personality that he wants to grow his brand, his business, the people lover kind of person. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Just it's like you said, it's the biggest market in the world. NBA wise, I mean, it's you're trying to win championships. And that's the thing that Magic's a great player. He can be a kind of person that can be in a front office but he's not like that Jerry West kind of guy that's been in there, been with three or four different NBA teams that's truly built something up behind the scenes that doesn't need to be in the media every day, but build something special every time. I think that's – at Michael Jordan's been an owner. I mean, that's something that Kobe – I mean, you see Michael Jordan, he hasn't been in the media since he's retired that often. I mean, he's – besides his Jordan brand, I mean, there's not much he does. Same thing with Kobe. You don't see him nonstop appearances in the TNZ or news and all that stuff nonstop like (laughs) some of these guys are. I mean, he's quiet. He's with his family. You got business getting done. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I think they do need.
1: Like you said, yeah. I mean, I hope I hope they make it happen. Mm-hmm. And you even have a you even have a Kareem Abdul Jabbar, mm-hmm. you know, who Phil Jackson brought in when they had Andrew Bynum to kind mm-hmm. of work with him. Somebody like that, a, a respected legend, to kind of mentor somebody. Mm-hmm. And back to what you were saying about you know wanting to see. LeBron with a great coach. You know, you got to think outside of those couple years in Miami where he had Dwayne Wade, who is a friend, but a little older, a little more, you Uh know, old-spirited, you know, to kind of mentor him, and Pat Riley, who you have no choice but to respect. Mm -hmm. LeBron has never had any sort of guidance or mentors or anything, which really, I mean – it can be seen as a negative, but it makes everything he's accomplished that much more impressive. For you know, sure, kind of figured it out on his own from the time he was 18. Mm-hmm. But I think he definitely needs to learn. You know, have somebody there to learn from.
0: I know, like you said, when you think about LeBron's coaches, besides Coach Spo, there's not really the coaches you remember. I mean, Tyron Lue, because that was recent. But in 10, 15 years, are really going to remember he was coached by Tyron Lue? I mean, most people already probably forgot about David Blatt. I mean, I don't even really remember who the coach was when he first was drafted. I mean. I no idea. I it, think I mean, Paul
1: Silas? Or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Tyron Lue, no matter what he did coaching, he'll always be remembered for Iverson. Stephon, yeah, well, well that <laughs> part. But,
0: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, recently coaching-wise, but he'll <laughs> be remembered that way, but <laughs> – yeah, he's he's this generation. He was last generation's uh, brand knight of this. I
1: mean, oh man,
0: <laughs> I mean they're good players. They, they they made the league, but <laughs> they're definitely they'll never be forgotten. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a pleasure having you on today, KP. Uh, you're always welcome to come back whenever you'd like.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, man. Really, uh, support what you're doing here. I think it's great. Always love to see young people you know try to do more than just play the game and everything you're aspiring to do you know you always have my full support man i appreciate it how do you guys
0: think march madness was well i got some things to say about it stay tuned to see what i think about some of the best players from the first round of march madness first two rounds are down and we're down to 16 teams remaining and I do want to talk about some of these players from the first two rounds but before we go there I do want to give a shout out to Kyle Kess for the idea of talking about March Madness by replying to my Instagram story so let's get into it my first one is John Moran I told y'all he's special that Marcus Howard versus John Moran game was very great Marcus Howard shows that he can ball but John Moran is special he's going to be an elite NBA player and if I'm a GM right now I am very much so intrigued maybe drafting him even number one because of the fact that he's not only an on-the-court stud, but off the court. He took time after the game, after the loss, to go over and give his shoes to his young kid. That is greatness right there. He also was the first player now to average 20 points and 10 assists throughout the first two games or more of an NCAA tournament. Second off, let's talk about a game right now. Y'all better have been watching that Duke game last night. Duke vs. UCF. Zion Williamson put on a show. He is the real deal, don't get me wrong. I love that guy. He is strong and insane. Once Taco Falls went out, Ivan it, I thought the game was over. He was crucial to that team. But before we go there, Taco Falls will be drafted. But this kid, Aubrey Dawkins, I didn't know about him. I don't think many people did. He is special, and the spotlight will be on him. He might be getting so he's gonna get some NBA attention right now. Let me tell you that. He balled last night. That three-point shot, he put confidence against three or more NBA players. Y'all hear that? That's what the kind of show he put on. RJ Barrett was solid, as usual. He will be a good player. Cameron Reddish thought you have something to say. I feel like every time he does good, there's always a bad side to it. Once again, it was foul trouble. He can't stay in the game. I think he'll be a good NBA player. He'll fit in. He'll be a great, solid NBA player. But I think we should slow down a little bit of hype. I don't mind him slipping into some of this stuff. Oh, I do like this Jarrett Culver. Jarrett Culver is leading this Texas Tech team. I like it. I really do like him. Keep watching him. He's got some game. Jarrett Culver. He's got game. Next up, I just want to say something. I'm saving this guy for last. Brandon Clark. I apologize once again for that Twitter. I forgot about him. I forgot. I don't know what happened, but Brandon Clark's playing on a show. Play right down the street at Desert Vista in Arizona. He's representing Arizona more than anyone could ever ask for. Let me say this. This season, he has more blocks than he has missed shots. He has 106 blocks only. has 102 missed shots. I like those numbers. Also, this last game, he's one of only three players with 35 or more points and 5-plus blocks in an state tournament game, joining no other than Shaquille O'Neal and David Robinson, two of the greatest college players we've ever had and two Hall of Fame players. That is elite. Watch Brandon Clark and Gonzaga, he's putting on a show, they got some NBA players out there. So stay tuned, Swiss 16 is coming up Thursday I believe. Stay tuned and watch what they have to bring at the next level. There's some real NBA talent playing now, they're starting to show up finally. Don't turn it off yet, I wouldn't be going nowhere. I'm about to get in the zone and talk about some of the biggest topics. I think the media should have been talking about a lot more. Stay tuned for Shoe Zone. First topic of the Shoe Zone is Derek passed Wilt Chamberlain this week to become the sixth all time leading scorer. Derek now has 31,451 points. He then matched that the very next game by scoring 21 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 blocks against the Golden State Warriors. Quickly about Derek Nowitzki he deserves more respect. I haven't ever heard him talked about in the greatest of all time. Not saying he should. But you still talk about guys like Shaq sometimes just get thrown around there. I don't hear him in the top 5, top 10, I don't hear him in the top 20. Man at 6 all-time in scoring has an NBA championship unlike some other greats. He has all that qualifies to be an all-time great. Show this man some respect right now. He revolutionized the European game and players coming from overseas. Dirk is one of the greatest of all time and do not change that. He has a ring, he has all-stars, he's got everything you need to be called a great. Next up is Nick Collison having his jersey retired this past week. I want to say something about this. I love Nick Collison. He's a Jayhawk. That being said, Nick Collison is something that I don't think many players would become. Jonas Haslam might be one of the last ones still playing, too. They are guys that just stay around, don't do anything wrong when they're on the court. They box out, they get the rebound, they don't miss shots, and they don't turn the ball over. They are perfect championship caliber players. The reason it doesn't happen is because the media is out here. They try to go and just show, like, the, the highlights, the cool stuff to give everyone, the ooze, the oz. You got to get to college. You got to get to the pros by doing that kind of stuff, it feels like. That's what makes special players think, at least. And it stops them from doing what truly is the great part. Now, there are superstars. Yes. Go ahead. Y'all do that. They are special. I'm talking about the other guys. We don't have 500-some superstars in the NBA, no. That's why they don't last that long. Find your role. Get to the league and find your role. Nick Collison was a championship kind of player, and that's why he had so many of his former teammates, almost all of his former teammates, show up to respect him. Don't make any BS about this whole Kevin Durant thing showing up. That irritates me. Kevin Durant is an amazing player that can show up to show respect to his teammate. Does not mean rumors, does not mean nothing. He can show up and show respect to his teammates and friends. That's what I'm going to say. Congratulations to Nick Collison. Next thing, we hear rumors, Doc Rivers is not leaving the Clippers, he actually signed an extension this past week, therefore eliminating the Lakers as a contention. I don't think that's true, I think there's still a possibility if Lakers offer him a big time contract to coach LeBron and other superstars. Will he pass it up? I don't know, but Doc Rivers has built something special in Clippers and I've told you guys before, they are on the verge of something special, with max spots, and the young pieces. Next up, Williams has passed Dell Curry to become the all-time leading bench scorer as well this past week very big props to Sweet Lou. Also, he had a buzzer beater against Brooklyn after Brooklyn did have another elite comeback that game, scoring 10 points in the last minute, all to have Sweet Lou put them to bed within a very great jump shot to win. That was his first career buzzer beater. And Lou Williams is probably, like I said, the sixth man of this year. He is one of the greatest sixth men you'll ever have. And him, Jamal Crawford, Gary dinwiddie all these sixth men that stay sixth men for almost the whole career are what's so crucial to the NBA. That's a coaches and general manager's dream person. Someone who doesn't need minutes or they need starting, they want to come off the bench and be a star. And that's what those guys are. They might even be Hall of Famers, for all I know. But I'm going to come back to Lou Williams for the very last topic because I have something very bold to say about that. Jim Fredette is back in the NBA with the Phoenix Suns. This is just a big... Let's sell some jerseys. Let's get attention to see if he does have something for the last 13 or so games. Welcome back, Jim didn't score his first game. We'll see what he does. It's just all for fun Shall show. Let's see what happens. Another Andre Ingram kind of story. Would not put too much into this one. Next one that's crazy. LeBron James is not in the playoffs, folks. He's not. The Brooklyn Nets and D'Angelo Russell helped lead to defeat the Lakers in L.A. at Staples Center on a road trip for the Brooklyn Nets, knocking out D'Angelo's former team of the playoffs. Officially, there's no possible chance mathematically that the Lakers will be in the playoffs this year, folks. You will not see LeBron. In the championship, the finals, for the first time since the 2009-10 season. That's 10 years. Almost 10 years. That's um, that's a long, that's a decade, folks. Also, even crazier, first time in the playoffs since 0 4 5 season. That's before a lot of us were born. Before some of us were born. Brother Landon wasn't born yet. Sister Salem, nope. That is crazy. You will not see LeBron James, folks, in the playoffs. He's getting family time this summer. The amount of things that's come out in this last since he's been in the playoffs, pretty much all about technology. Pretty much. See, there's see even probably seeing a bunch of those jokes on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever about LeBron not being since last time since LeBron was not in the playoffs. Wow. But the reason I have one last thing to talk about Lou Williams last. This made me hear. For those that follow my Twitter saw this the other day, and I am not happy. Lou Williams. This something very special. Back when he was in Philadelphia, member of Sixers early in his career, he was almost robbed at gunpoint in his car, asking for all of his stuff. What would you do in that moment? I'd either cons- I, Most people would probably consider fighting, driving off, or giving them all their stuff. No, 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 not Lou Williams. Lou Williams instead talked him out of it. Great. So he could talk someone out of him he has that kind of composure. That's just, alone is great. Next thing he did, the most godly... Biblical thing that I must appreciate, which is why I'm sending this for the last topic of the day. He told that man, come in my car. A man just held him at gunpoint to come into his car. And took him to a McDonald's, paid for dinner, and they talked for hours about his life, how I straightened him up, and then been a mentor to him. That is special and something I don't think many people would do. But you know, what I know where I'm irritated here? This is something that the media should make go crazy. It should be on every single platform. I want to learn about this thing. I want to learn about these stories, the stories about them helping the special needs kids out, them giving shoes out. I want these stories out there. I'm tired of hearing how do rumors come out before they even happen, or right as they happen, within hours. Locker room talks, when it just died out the next day. It's bogus stuff that we don't really care about. It's not at any meeting. Little minor things. How do these stuff get out, but stuff like this doesn't? Because you guys want to know the crazy thing? This occurred in 2011. This occurred in 2011. That is eight years ago. It takes eight years for the media to get a good story out. To me, this is inspiring, what Lou Williams did. we got to wait eight years for it. We've heard hundreds and hundreds of phrasing signings and trade alerts, but we can't get stuff about this. And we wonder what's wrong with our world. It's because the media and people want to focus on stuff like this. They want to focus on the bad stuff. They want to focus on the drama, because that's supposedly what we want. In my opinion, I think this is the special stuff. This is what should get applauded for and recognized. Why do we have to look at the bad stuff? The stuff that we don't really care about. I don't care about the locker room stuff. That is a business and they should keep that inside their own team. Let's hear about the good stuff. Let's make the world great again by making this stuff better. Let's make our world come together by finding the great stuff. Because I can tell you, in every area, there is good stuff that happens. But the media does not want to show it. They do not. Let's focus on the great stuff, and there are many great players, many great personalities, many great people in our league and other professional leagues in our world, and so on and so on. Stuff needs to be made better again. This is ridiculous. Show the stuff that is great. Show the stuff that deserves recognition, and give people like Lou Williams more props. I give full props to you, Lou Williams. You are special. You are what's going to change this world, and we need more people like you. That's it for Shoe Zone, folks. Thank you everyone for joining me today on the third episode of Shoes Views. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, comment, or subscribe depending on the different platform you may be on. Also, don't forget to go give me a follow on Twitter, Instagram, or like my Facebook page which is at Shoemaker. Please continue to spread the word about Shoes Views in any way possible. I'll make sure to give you a shout out if you do. If you follow my pages, you will be able to get the chance to suggest different topic ideas. For others that offer ideas such as Kai Green, and others, I will hit your topic up in later episodes. But for this one, I just want to thank you once again for listening to today's episode on any of the different platforms you may be listening to. And I cannot wait to see you guys next week for more of the views of Shoes Takes. I'm your host, Zach
1: Shoemaker, and I'm out. God bless.